This time a week ago, the government's response to the Hiwok Ekanoa report was tabled. Uh, there were gasps of uh, outrage and despair, but one person who wasn't surprised is North Otago farmer and award-winning environmentalist. Let's not forget that. Uh, Jane Smith, you reckon you could have written the script? Good afternoon, Jamie. Um, it's really interesting. It takes a special type of incompetence to um, write a emissions pricing scheme that will actually increase emissions. But no, this, I mean, this is played out like this Shakespearean tragedy I thought it would, and a lot of us have said that over the past two years. So it's exactly, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, it's certainly not, but um, I was bemused actually to see the, the sort of the pantomime that played out last week when we had industry leaders crying wolf over the, how, how, how terrible this was and how aghast they were, and it is terrible, we are aghast, but actually they knew exactly how it was going to play out. So, um, you know, the original Haywaka Ikenoa um, attempted to hide how bad the, the whole plan was that we've written ourselves, supposedly. Um, at least the government had the, <laughs> had the balls to come out in their cold socialist manner to put it in black and white and saying, this is actually, this is how it's going to roll, guys. And by the way, um, when the PM says, and, and James Shaw said, this is what you asked for, they're unfortunately very correct on that, Jamie. Mind you, I think the government's been dumb on this. They could have shut the whole thing down and said, even though they did hold a gun to the industry's head and said, write your own plan and we're going to put you into the ETS. But if they'd accepted everything in that Hiwaka Ekanoa report, they could have said, game over. You guys wrote the report. Let's get on with it. What can you moan about? Absolutely, Jamie. And they were, yeah, exactly. You made your bed, you lie on it. So um, I, I guess a little glimmer of hope. We may have an opportunity to reshape this and there are some very... Um, good, streamlined, crystal clear, low-cost plans that, that, that make sense out there. Unfortunately, um, those, are the, those people that have tried to put those across the line or get in the tent or put them across the table have been shut out for the past two years. So I hope, and I'm seeing a glimmer of hope and advocacy at the moment, that um, they may now um, have, you know, be actually listening. Because at the end of the day, whether it's Hawaka Ikenoa or Hawaka Ikenoa um, rebranded under, with the government um, changes, and that was their sequestration being out, which we knew was going to happen, and the any control on pricing out, which we knew was going to happen as well. I mean, essentially, this is going to increase mass deforestation, displace over 2,500 farming families. Um, what is it? 2.6 billion hits to sheep and beef farming. Um, over a million, uh, over a billion um, hit to dairying, which when you extrapolate that out, Jamie, into the economy, it's $40 billion a year um, that is dropping out of the economy. And, you know, so it's not the cost of the tax that is massive, and it is massive, and it will um, financially ruin many farmers, but at the big cost is the opportunity cost, one, to the economy, and two, to the wider environment. But there is another glimmer of hope. I see in their report, Jamie, and about page 93, that they're going to re-employ all of the lost jobs in the primary sector, and you know there's over, going to be over 13 to 14,000 lost jobs. They're going to re-employ us in the tourism sector. So they're going to retrain us and re-employ us. So interesting, isn't it, how the tourism sector, mm, that seems funny, I wonder um, you know, how carbon efficient they are. So um, the Minister Against Agriculture, Damien O'Connor, will be pleased um, that he can find another job for us, Jamie. Well, you talked about a Shakespearean tragedy. We're banning that as well, aren't we? Oh, course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't write, you couldn't make this stuff up. Oh, no, exactly, Jamie. And I've been trying to think which, which uh, Shakespearean tragedy it would be. <laughs> and I think it would probably be Hamlet, you know, when um, Hamlet was sort of faltering in his judgment and he had a failure to act. And, um, you know, and, and basically in any of those tragedies, it's the, the baddies and the good guys that lose out both in the end. So um, that's exactly where we're heading. And I think Graham Williams called it a path of mass destruction. 
um, last week, and he's absolutely right. So I was pretty disappointed to hear Steve Wynn Harris and Grant McCallum say, we'll get through this, um, you know, we'll innovate our way out of this. But I'm sorry, the permanent damage to, to land use change is forever, and the rest of the land that would be left will be um, intensified. So, you know, farmers are being punished. And, and actually, this is the reason why urban people were getting in touch with us last week, is that they understand the reality to the whole economy and how everything's going to run. You know, $40 billion out of the economy. That pays for a lot of hospitals, Jamie. And, um, and you know, here we are shamefully falling behind not just the OECD but the rest of the world on health, education, crime. Um, we're propping up gangs. Um, we've got ram raids on food banks now. And hang on, oh, no, let's actually prioritise being um, an innovator in um, global uh, emissions and, oh, whoops, unintended consequences. We're actually going to increase them. So unless we're going to talk about population control, Jamie, imagine that, um, and, you know, food production going down and food um, demand going down, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So um, it is a real worry. And I guess if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say um, the government actually wants farmers to be um, corporate-owned, state-controlled. And I've talked about it before that farmageddon concept that global farmers talk about, the demise of the family farm, and we cannot afford that, Jamie, because that's our rural, um, rural sector gone, our community's gone. Okay, Jane. Well, look, I could never get my head around Shakespeare at school, so I'll put that one to one side. We did have to do George Orwell, 1984. Maybe you are right about the government wanted to um, take over everything and be Big Brother. And then I remember a dreadfully dull novel we had to cover in the sixth form or year, what is it, 12 these days, Death of a Salesman by, was it Harold Pinter? And I'm thinking Damien O'Connor. He's not really getting his message across. He's not selling the message, is he? No, he's not. To New Zealanders. He's certainly not. I call him the Minister of Deep Agriculture. And I think... um, Again, we need to demand much more of our advocacy groups. Gosh, it was great and refreshing to see Andrew Hoggard from Feds come out the other day and say um, we need, we basically need a uh, refresh, look at who's doing advocacy. Um, and I think uh, Beef and Lamb and Dairy and Z either need to decide they either stand up or step down. And that is, that is a key thing. They stand up or step, step down because we actually can't afford... It's, it's worse than negligence, actually. This whole scenario has worked against us, Jamie. So um, time, to, time to refresh and, um, and listen to the grassroots farmers, Jamie. Jane Smith, thanks as always for your time on the country. Thanks, Jamie.